and welcome to Digital Coffee Gaming Brew. And I'm your host, Brett Deister. And this is where you get all the great gaming news that you need to know. But this week, I'm going to be talking about Diablo 4's terrible beta because the servers apparently aren't doing very well. Also, how NVIDIA RTX 4090 can run Diablo 4 in native 8K. I mean, if you can actually afford that. Terrascape. Also talking a little bit more about the Microsoft and Sony argument rivalry with the Activision Blizzard deal. Also DLSS3 plugin and State of Decay 2 and Steam sale because it's going on right now and the co-founder is stepping down from Twitch. And my my main topic is going to be talking about because I do play majority of most of the time on Overwatch 2 now is Sombra, the re the future proposed rework from Sombra and why it's actually not the best idea to do this stuff because it just doesn't seem good. And it also shows a little bit about how Blizzard really wasn't ready for Overwatch 2 and they needed more time to actually work on it before it actually was released. But anyways, let's get on with the show. Mmm, that's good. All right, and happy Friday to everyone, but let's get on with it as Diablo 4, which actually was released for the beta, early access beta, so if you actually pre-ordered it, well, it's it's not doing so well. Apparently, the servers are just not handling it well. They're just a bunch of people that want to play it at right now, and they can't play it because there's too many people wanting to play it. So you're going to have long queue time. So if you want to be patient for it, you can. Now I kind of figured this, I have the pre-order, but I was kind of like, I don't really feel like I want to play this right now just because of the abysmal everybody wants to get in right now. So if you can, well, take the massive queue times, the disconnects and just everything else that goes along with it, then play it. But if you can't, I, I would wait. I would seriously wait for this to actually come out or dare I would, I would give it a few days and then wait for it to actually work itself out because this is a beta. They are stress testing it and they've got their first stress test already. So never be surprised when a beta comes out and there is long queue times, DCs and everything else, because it just shows that it's just, they were actually wanting to test this out to see how well it runs and they got their first hiccup already. So you can be mad or you can just go play another game and wait a few hours or a day or two or whatever it feels like better because that's probably going to be more like it unless you want to wait for long queue time, get in, be frustrated, disconnect, wait for another long queue time and then just have a cycle repeat. More power to you, but I just wait. All right, moving on to the NVIDIA RTX 4090 that can actually run Diablo 4 with native 8K on mass settings. Now, it's not the highest frame rate, but you can run it from about 40 to 50 frames per second on this one. Now, they use the i9 90, was it 9900K 
16 gigs of DDR4 RAM at 3,800, and then NVIDIA of the, the RTX 4090 with the Windows 10 64-bit and the Geoforce 531.26 driver. Now, it looks very interesting because they did use the G-Sync TV monitor for that one, and so you won't need to use 32 gigs of RAM for the smooth experience, and also they enabled the DLSS 2 quality, so it isn't 3, so 3 could actually make it even better, but only DLSS 2, which makes it still pretty compelling that you got over 60 frames per second on that one in 8K. Now, 8K is really demanding, and... Unless you have a good computer for it, I really wouldn't recommend it. Now, this is the 4090 RTX. This is the top-of-the-line GPU from NVIDIA, so that's why they could actually do this. But it's promising to see that you can actually play in 8K. Now, depending on if you can actually afford it is the other thing. But it's good to see that we're going to get to higher frame rates for 4K because as long as 8K gets focused on 4K, just like 2K can be moved aside and it will just get better and better. But with only DLSS 2, it'd be interesting to see what DLSS 3 would do when eventually comes out. But right now, there's really not much else beyond that, but it's promising, like I said before. It's very promising to see it actually can run to 60 frames per second on 8K. All right, moving on to... Terrascape, and it's going to be on Steam Early Access. Well, it looks like the beta playtest is going to be March 16th, which was yesterday to March 23rd, and the Early Access does actually launch on April 5th. So this is an interesting uh, a city builder simulator is that there are it's card-based, so kind of like your digital card games, you would use that with the city builder. So it looked interesting, but when I saw that, I was like, eh, I really don't want to have to like do this little card-based thing because it just it's just a little annoying. But anyways, it does look great. It does look interesting. You can build your own perfect city if you want to. You can expand it. You can it looks like go through some of the ages on this as well. It just looks like a very interesting way of doing it, especially since City Builders 2 was recently announced a few months ago-ish. But it was announced for that one since City Builders has been around for quite a while. I think five, ten, ten years, I think now. It's been a while since they actually made a new one, but they just kept on like using doing DLCs for that one. But this does look interesting. It does look like if you like card and city builders together, this is gonna be the mechanic for you because then you could strategize what cards you need for this one and how you're going to be able to build this with the card-based system. I kind of looked at this and like, well, it looked fun, but I don't really want to do a card-based system. That's my opinion on that one. But if you're looking for a little bit more dynamic in city builders and not just a straightforward city builder, with the card-based system, this is for you. All right, moving on to the Microsoft Sony Squabble or whatever you want to call it. So I haven't really talked about it too much just because it's just been a back and forth. Like Sony goes, no, they're going to make it worse. Microsoft's like, no, we're, we're, we're good. We're going to keep on making it just as good with every other platform because why would you want to make a game worse on one platform to not sell it? Then you might as well just not make it for a platform. It, it's a dumb, it's, it's really dumb because 
I get the worries and the concerns, but it seems like Sony's been a little petty about it at the same time. But I'm not saying that they aren't right into having concerns for what Microsoft may or may not do just because when they bought Bethesda, they said they were going to make as many of Bethesda's games as multi-platform as possible. And then it didn't really turn out to be exactly true, but they didn't really say that they were going to do that. They said that previously released games would still be released on all platforms. Upcoming games is a different story. So I get what I get what they're doing, but Microsoft's been like, Oh, you don't think, that we will do this and fine. We'll make a deal with steam, which steam rejected because they don't really care, but it will still be on steam. We'll make a 10 year deal with Nintendo. We'll make a 10 year deal now with Boosteroid, which is a development team based in Ukraine that has about 4 million users globally and has become the largest independent cloud gaming provider in the world. Supposedly I've never heard of it, but apparently it has. So they have done that. And with the 10 year commitment to Nintendo, Nvidia and, and just a bunch of other ones, it does look like they're one upping Sony's concerns, which makes Sony look a little petty in that one. But like I said, Sony is not without any valid points on this one. Granted, Microsoft is not really number one in the gaming and it won't still won't be number one in gaming. Even with this acquisition, they're still not the biggest at all. Embracer group is the biggest publisher out there by far. They've bought up so many different types of developers that they are very large, which is funny because we aren't really paying attention to them whatsoever, but it's good to see even with Sony's concerns, Microsoft is playing ball with those concerns. And we like, look at, if you have concerns, this is what we're doing. We try to, they try to reach a deal with Sony and Sony rejected it. Cause now this is one of their petty concerns because it would be severely downscaled or not as good call of duty on Sony because it would be part of Microsoft. And I'm like, well, what kind of idiot developer would actually make it for your system and purposely make it worse? I mean, come on. That's the dumb one. And I'm kind of like, now you guys are just really like fishing for something. Will this go through? Probably it's just going to take a while because of the concerns of Monopoly and everything. But I'm, I'm pretty sure this will eventually go through. It's just a matter of time and a matter of just alleviating fears about basically monopolizing the market, which I understand those fears and it can be very valid for that one. But still, regardless, it looks less and less likely that Sony has the upper hand on this one. All right, moving on to DLSS three. So the plugin for game developers is going to be in the update for Unreal Engine 5.2, which is going to be the plugin, which will make it easier for a lot of developers to implement DLSS three into their games. Now, for those of you that don't have the 4,000 series, you cannot use DLSS three. It is one of the most annoying things about Nvidia is that every time they bring out something new, they're like, no, but you gotta get the newest graphics card. I'm like, Oh, so I have to pay another grand for the latest thingamabob that you, or technology that you come out with? Come on, NVIDIA, seriously, we pay a lot of money for your graphics cards. Stop doing this. This is really annoying. 
very annoying. Anyways, DLSS 3 has its ups and downs, but it has done a better job of figuring out the frames and kind of doing future telling of frame generations for that one and making games even better on frame generations and making the FPS even better on that one. But like I said before, this is for 4,000 series cards only. So if you have a 3,000 series card, you're out of luck until you get either the 4,000 series or you wait, as I usually said, for the 5,000 series because the 4,000 series will eventually be discounted. For the 5,000 series, I would wait just because they, the 5,000 series actually may have DisplayPort 2.1, which the 4,000 series still does not have. It has 1.4, I think, DisplayPort and the AMD ones have a 2.1. So AMD's got them on that one, but you do get AV1 encoder and decoding on the 4000 series, 3000 series, you only get one. So if you're fine like me and you're saying, you know what, it's fine to have it for a while. I paid a lot of money for this. I'm fine with the ones I have right now. Then I would wait until the 5000 series specifically. All right, moving on to the Steam sale, and the Steam sale is going on. There's a lot of good sales for it, so you can get basically every Bethesda game for less than $100. So you can get Doom Eternal, Doom 2016, Fallout 4, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Prey, Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Skyrim Special, 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 Special Edition. Yeah, I'm making fun of it because they seriously just make Skyrim like all the time. Elder Scrolls Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Morrowind, Wolfenstein the New Order, Wolfenstein the New Colossus. I would get New Order over New Colossus because New Order is actually really good. New Colossus is all right. New Blood, I would, Young Blood, excuse me, I would skip for Wolfenstein. Rage and Rage 2. Rage is, Rage and Rage 2 are very, very different games, which is kind of funny. Rage was really developed by ID. Rage 2 was developed by Avalanche, and they're very, very different games. Rage 2 takes a lot of inspiration from the Mad Max series, but less on the car combat, which is unfortunate because the car combat was great in the Mad Max series. And Rage is more, there is some car combat, but it's not that much. It's a little bit more confined as to the old ID way, and also the combat is just, is different from 2. 2 actually had really good FPS combat in it, and it was very interesting what they did. Rage 1 had great ones as well, but it was very focused on shooting. This is focused on shooting and powers at the same time, so there are differences with it, but it's good to see that you can get all of this for under $100. And like I said, there's a few that I would skip. If you have Skyrim, just don't get another one. If you get the old Elder Scrolls one, be prepared for a very downgraded version of Elder Scrolls because the graphics are old, so it does show its age. Also, Wolfenstein, I would probably only get the New Order, but New Colossus is not bad. It just it you know it was a little weird at times. And Young Blood was just not fun at all. So that's when I get Prey, just be prepared for just basically destroying all coffee cups everywhere because of the aliens that can morph into things. But like I said before, most of these games are really, really good, and I would actually get it. Like I said, Rage, I would definitely get Rage 2. I would actually get for the FPS combat. 
Fallout New Vegas because it's one of the best Fallouts in the new in the Bethesda series of it. Fallout three and four are great, but New Vegas is the best by a lot of them. And the Doom 2016 internal are great in general, so either one of them would be great. All right, moving on to the Twitch co-founder is stepping down actually quite abruptly too. His reasoning is because he wants to spend time with his son and he has his firstborn son already. So he wants to actually spend more time with him, which I, you want that's, I get it. I mean, if you have a son, you really want to spend as much, especially when they're young, you want to spend as much time as possible because when they get older, they just don't want to be around you as much. And He's been around for about, Twitch has been around for 16 years. It was originally Justin.tv and then became Twitch because Twitch was actually doing a lot better than Justin TV. So they just kind of just went, oh, we're done with Justin TV. We're just going to go with Twitch. Anyways, what this leads to is that the current president of Twitch is going to become the CEO and we'll see what changes that will be made for better or for worse. Now Twitch has kind of been in this like weird limbo where it's been the pinnacle of live streaming for years and Facebook and YouTube had to catch up. I think YouTube is mostly there for it. You also have rumble, which is more of a free speech, more, I guess, more conservative based social network, I guess the best way of saying it, but Twitch is still number one on that one. It was bought by Amazon in 2014. So it's part of the Amazon group, but it, it hasn't really innovated as much as it should. And that's probably the biggest problem with Twitch right now. People will still watch it on live streams and it still has its place, but it's very, very specific in its place on where it is. The problem is, is they are not innovating as quickly as they should. And that's the biggest problem with Twitch right now is that if you do not innovate, you will be last. Look at MySpace when it was top dog and Facebook was just coming up. Facebook outdid it because it was innovating more than MySpace and MySpace lost its market share and then eventually became irrelevant. Twitch has got to be careful about that because gamers are very fickle and one time you're popular with gamers and the next time you're not unless you're elgato which famously is always popular with gamers hell i got a lot of stuff from elgato but anyways this is it will be interesting to see what happens with twitch in the future when the new ceo slash president steps in and guides the company hopefully to success but we'll see all right, moving on to my main topic about Overwatch 2 and the supposed Sombra rework because that's always a good thing. Look, at, I get for some of you that Sombra is annoying, which is the point of her kit. She is supposed to be annoying. She is not supposed to be friendly. But out of all the characters to really be mad at, she is the one that you shouldn't really be mad at the most. The problem is that she has a 1 to 1.5 pick rate which is very very low it's really low she is a basically a harasser she harasses the back line that's what she's supposed to do, harass the back line if you get caught out alone she will capitalize on you being alone which is the thing that she's good at because she's not good at team fights she's good at being with the team but doing it doing her own thing when the team is fighting. So when you, when your team is fighting, you go into the back line and you harass the healers because the healers are the main thing that you need to harass. Now the big, the best target for Sombra usually is mercy because mercy can be the biggest headache to deal with at the same time. 
So here's the thing. They want to either rework the stealth or the, or the invis and the translocator. They're fine with the hack for whatever reason, but they either want both or one gone. We'll see. The problem is, is that all of this is part of her kit and they want to do something new and exciting and make it more interactive. And it's like Sombra is the character that you have to be very, very strategic about because you only have about 200 health. So you're very squishy and people get mad because you get get out of jail free card. Yeah. But if you miss read when your health is low, you can die really quickly. The biggest counters and the biggest headaches for Sombra is Hanzo and well, actually there's a few of them. Junkrat, Hanzo, Cass or McCree, whichever one you want. And Ash, man, those can melt Sombra so quickly that you don't have a lot of time to react. A lot of times she is a good counter for widow, which widow has been an eyesore for a lot of gamers because of the one shot kill. She is a good counter for roadhog and also a good counter for ball because ball whips around and you can't really do it, but she can hack the ability and make him get out of it. So, and also doom fist as well, because there's a way of, of hacking him and you really want to hack Doomfist when he has his shields up because then he doesn't get any of the extra potential that he could get. But beyond that, she's, she's not easy to play. She's actually, like I said, very strategic. You have to know when to go in. You have to go when to know to go out. You have to know when to actually where to place your translocator, how close you want to be to it. it you you never want to place it so far away that you take several seconds to get back to the main fight because then you're just useless. And that's the main thing about Sombra is that you have to pick where your translocator can be further away enough to get out and to hack a health pack, get the health pack and go in as quickly as possible. A lot of times where you'll just put it up somewhere around someone that's low in health translocate, go back in and kill them and then translocate back out because that's kind of how she's played. She's a very quick in and out. You cannot, there is no sustain with Sombra unless your team is rolling it, then you can sustain with her. But if your team's not rolling, there is no sustain with her whatsoever. You will die in a few seconds because of how little it is. My issue with this is that they're looking at her in the wrong way. They're looking at her as a, we need to completely rework her instead of saying, how can we make this more engaging? And I've always said this and I will say it again. Blizzard was not ready for the release of Overwatch 2. We can see it now for a few seasons. They were not ready for this. The competitive is all messed up. Most of the heroes from the vanilla version or Overwatch 1 still have Overwatch 1 type of abilities that just don't work with Overwatch 2. And I keep on saying it, and I will say it again, 5v5 is, has been worse off since than 6v6 because of all the changes they have to make on all the characters because they just don't fit. There's a reason why 6v6 was so successful in the beginning is because it fits, it works. Sombra would hack one thing. Yes, the hack was even more oppressive in Overwatch 1 than Overwatch 2. And people complain, oh, hack, I can't do anything for one second. It's not an eight second hack that you can't use your ability. It was like 
four to five seconds in Overwatch 1 where if, if I hack somebody, you cannot use any abilities for a very long time in Overwatch 1. So the whole complaining about the hack and how it's unfair, it's like it's one second, dude. Like you can still fire at it. It's not like Junkrat's Trap where you're just stuck and you can't do anything unless firing at him and hopefully you'll kill somebody or hopefully it will break. That's more impressive than Sombra's hack. Sombra's hack is meant to interrupt any abilities. And yes, you can interrupt their alts. It has to be timed very, very well. And there's some alts that are easier to hack than others. For example, Sigma's alt is very, very is easier to interrupt. Cass's alt is easier to interrupt. I have done once Soldier just before he was about to do it. I've done May a few times. And now you can do Orisa, which is fine. But, and I've done, I think I've, yeah, I've done Reinhardt a few times, but like those are really hard to actually, you have to be perfect timing on a lot of those because once they're already going, it doesn't matter if you hack them because they're, it will still go. So I propose that you actually look at what is 5v5, what is she good at? I proposed several episodes ago you look at the way you have to hack. So I said that it needs to be a hybrid between Overwatch 2 and Overwatch 1. You can only hack while invis, health packs, turret, so Torps turret, and Bob. That's the only ones you can hack invis. Everything else you have to commit. You have to uh, you have to get out of your invisibility and then hack the heroes. Why? This is a little bit of a counterplay and you have to be smart about it. It's the same way in Overwatch 1 where you actually had to un unstealth yourself to actually hack somebody. And I'm fine with doing that. Like, that's not a bad thing. TP needs to stay and I do not like this whole, it needs to be on a, on a cooldown, on a timer. It's like, yeah, so I have to like, it makes the, it, yeah, it's more interactive, but it's more interactive in an annoying way. It's just more, it's just more fair for you because then I have to throw it somewhere else quickly because if it goes away, it goes away. It's it's not a good thing. If you do a times invis, then you have to give a, a severe speed boost to get back in because unlimited invis makes me go in quicker and I don't have to, and I can basically map out what I want to do. Now I'll have to hide in corners and make sure that I time it right for my invis to go invis and then hack. So a lot of this won't work. It's just a lot of players are just mad because they just can't figure out how to deal with Sombra. And there's, there's a few ways. Hanzo is probably one of the best ones of his Sonic arrows and you can figure out where it is. Also widow is good when she has her alt popped because you can't hide from that whatsoever. Should she get a damage boost? Probably a little bit more, but not not too much. She's not bad at where she's at right now. She's okay right now. Season two, she was abysmal, and I would I played her a few times. And I was like, I can't I can't play this character. She just doesn't work. So I think they're going overboard with this one since a low pick rate just basically means that players don't know how to play her very well and also they just don't want to play her at the same time because it breaks the game or whatever they want to say. It's just that people bitch about everything. Hey, I don't like a lot of heroes too. I think May's annoying. I think Sim's annoying at times, but you have to figure out how to work around it and work with it. I think 
pocketing heroes is probably the worst thing in Overwatch right now with Mercy because there's one less tank. And that is a very old Overwatch 1 type of style that they probably should rework more than they should re rework Sombra. But that's a few things. I, I mean, hell, I think Mercy should be reworked for Overwatch 2 as well, but we'll see how well that does. But I, I just I just think that they're looking at this at the wrong way, and I don't think they're going to get it right, unfortunately. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they actually kill the character by the rework, because look how many reworks Sims got over the years. I think there's three. Yeah, three reworks in Overwatch 1 to make her more quote unquote viable, but she never is that viable just because of the way she is played. Turrets are good in confined spaces and it just doesn't work out that well. But we'll, like I said, we will see what happens with this one if they get it right or if they completely kill the character and nobody wants to play her anymore and then they'll have to revert back to the old way of doing things. We'll see. Anyways, do you agree with me or not? Let me know in the comments below. But thank you for listening to Digital Coffee. As always, please subscribe to Digital Coffee on all your favorite podcasting apps. You have a five-star review. It does help with the rankings. And join me next week as we talk about what's going on in the PC gaming industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Happy Friday once again. And I'll see you next week. Later. Bye.